Peter McFerry, you're an Irish Jesuit and you are a well-known campaigner for homelessness throughout the many, many years. And we're here in the Peter McFerry Trust building in Berkeley Street. You have had a book published by the Redemptorists because it was um, in their reality magazine that you wrote a column for many years and they've taken the best of them and called it A Dose of Reality. What dose of reality are we getting in that book? Well, it's a reflection uh, over many years of my experiences, not just with homeless people, but with what's happening in Irish society. And I'd be very critical of what's happening in Irish society. We have massive levels of homelessness, rents that people can't afford, houses that people can't afford. So we have uh, we have huge crises within, within our society, and I, I'm reflecting on that. The editor many years ago of Reality Magazine asked me to do a few articles and I did 12 articles for him for a year and then I said, well, now I'm finished. And he said, we'll just do one or two more. So I think I'm on my 223rd article for Reality Magazine. Uh, And so when the current editor suggested maybe we'd put some of them into a book, I went through them. Many of them are out of date, in other words. If you're talking about homelessness three years ago, it's pretty out of date. But we picked out 30 of what I thought were the most significant uh, articles and that were relevant, uh, both when I wrote them and also again today. So it's looking at Irish society and also looking at the church uh, through perhaps uh, uh, different eyes uh, to, to, to the way we, we normally uh, use. I mean, it, massive changes have taken place in the time since you start, started writing, both within the institutional church and within society. I mean, broad brushstrokes here, but has it got worse? In some ways, things have got much, much worse. Uh, when we started, obviously, the poverty levels and the housing was uh, was far worse than it is now. But nevertheless, in those days, back in the, the 60s, the 70s, almost anybody could own their own house. If you had an average salary, a guard there or a teacher or a nurse, you could get a mortgage. And if you didn't have the average salary, you could go on a council waiting list for a couple of years. You were given a council house. And if you wanted to, you could purchase that house from the council. So almost everybody could aspire to owning their own house. Now, today things are so much different. Many people are homeless, excluded from any sort of housing. There are tens of thousands of people renting who are simply uh, struggling to to pay the rent. In fact, 5% of those who are renting today are paying 75% of their income to the landlord. I mean, I just find that horrific that you can rent all your, you can work all your, all months, get a salary at the end, you hand over 75% straight away to, to a landlord. People who are unable to work. One of the articles is about a, a, a woman who studied hard in school, went to college, got a very good degree, got a good job, but now can't afford to live because of the uh, the cost of renting. And, uh, and so she is on the poverty line, even though she has a, a good job. She's, uh, so in some respects, things have got much, much worse. Uh, similarly with the health system. You know, back in the 60s and 70s, if you had a broken arm, you went into the hospital and you were out again in an hour or two. <laughs> now you're on a waiting list for days. Uh, 
So something has gone wrong, and it's really the economic uh, economic system that we're embedded in. I think that economic system focuses purely on uh, aggravating rent, uh, aggravating wealth, uh, accumulating wealth without with very little uh, or inadequate consideration given to how we uh, how we do, how we spread that wealth around. So in many ways, I think yeah, we are in a worse. Uh, Less people in poverty, but if you're in poverty, you're more fixed in your poverty. It's much harder to get out of today. Back in those days, a young kid, 16 years of age, we could go onto a building site and uh, ask them, look, I'll make the tea for you. <laughs> and they'd say, OK, and then maybe he could work his way up. Today, you can't even go on a building site without a safe pass, which is going to cost you 100 euros, a manual handling certificate, which is going to cost you 40 euros, steel cap boots, which is going to cost you another 50 euros, a high-vis vest, going to cost you another 10 euros. You can't even go on to a site to look for work without, 200, without spending 200 euros, which most of those young people just don't have. So people are more stuck in their poverty today, even though uh, there are less people in poverty. And yet we hear, the Taoiseach was on Saturday on RT in an extended interview and he was saying we're doing really well, we're doing the best we can. I know there's a problem but we're pumping lots of money into it. It does cost a lot to keep people in those hotels. What is missing? Like, If it is so clear, and it seems to be clear to ordinary people that things have gone wrong, they are not happy. What is it with our politicians in government that they don't see this and what is it that they don't see? I think the system is geared to those who have wealth. They are the ones who are benefiting massively now from the wealth that is being being created. The, uh, the government are on the side of, of, uh, of the banks. They're anxious for house prices to keep going up because then when the banks repossess houses, they can get more money. Uh, they're on the side of the big international investment funds who have come in and to date bought up 30 billion euros worth of Irish property. That's the vulture funds as they're known as. Some of them are vulture funds, yeah, but uh, they're in this just purely for, uh, for financial reasons. But they are either displacing low-income families or making it impossible for them to actually access uh, housing. And they're on the side of landlords. And indeed, many landlords are struggling financially if they bought during the Celtic Tiger years. But there are many rogue landlords out there who are extremely greedy, who just simply want more and more money and don't care what happens to their tenants if they if they evict them. So I think we need a government that's going to uh, focus on the uh, those who are marginalised, those who are poor, those who are powerless. The ultimate inequality in our society is powerlessness. You know, if you're not able to pay your mortgage, uh, you're in a confrontation with the banks. Banks have all the power. You have no power whatsoever. If you're unable to pay your rent or the rent goes up or the, uh, the rental, the property you're in is of appalling condition, you have no power. The landlord is all the power. People won't complain about the condition of their rented flat because they're afraid they're going to be to be kicked out. Uh, and if your mortgage has been sold to the international investment funds, <laughs> you just have no power. So the basic inequality is is a, is an inequality of power, and the government should be readdressing that inequality just as much as readdressing the inequality of uh, of income and wealth. You mentioned the church as well. Has over the years you will have seen the changes, the child sexual abuse scandals, 
the impact of that cannot be underestimated on ordinary people who believed. But also with the rise of secularism as seemingly out of touch maybe sometimes with the zeitgeist and with where people are. The, the gay referendum particularly showed the church way off beam really. What's your reflections on that in the book and over the years? I think the church has been too focused on the church's problems. It has been not enough on society's problems. If the church continues to, if the church focuses too much on uh, on the issues that affect the church, people just simply walk away and say, I'm not interested. I believe that the church's role is to proclaim a God who, for whom every single human being is a child of God and has the dignity of being a child of God. So I believe the church's role is to affirm the dignity of every human being. And when you have travellers living on the side of the road, when you have people who are homeless and children living in hotels, that is a sheer denial of the dignity of people. And I think the church should be screaming from the rooftops about this uh, in the lack of dignity that uh, we are giving to, to people. So I feel unless the church rediscovers the centrality of social justice to its mission, I think people are going to continue to, to hemorrhage away. Young people today have a great sense of fairness and a great sense of justice. Uh, the Belvedere College is going to, uh, students are going to sleep out uh, at Christmas for uh, to raise funds for, for homeless people. Far more students apply to sleep out than the college is able to accommodate. Young people have a great sense of justice and I think the church needs to uh, show them that that is at the heart of the Christian message love one another as I have loved you is Jesus's commandment and they're doing that in many, so many different ways and I, what we are trying to do as church I think is trying to get them back into mass and that's never going to work I think we should be encouraging them in the pursuit of justice uh, and showing them uh, and celebrating with them the fact that this is at the heart of the Christian Christian message does Pope Francis give you hope? Because when you would have been writing those articles, he, for the most part, he wouldn't have been a Pope until the last number of years. But he does seem to be pointing a way that is very different from what has gone before. Yeah, prior to, I am very encouraged by Pope Francis. Uh, prior to that, the Church is very focused on laws and laying down laws and saying that your relationship with God depended on how you observed those laws. Now, Pope Francis is moving us towards a different image of God, a God who cares, a God of compassion. And that's the God that Jesus revealed. Jesus lived amongst the poor. He ate with those who were excluded and marginalized and unwanted in his society. He healed the sick who were uh, sidelined in society. Uh, so I think he's bringing us back to the, the God that Jesus revealed in the Gospels, the God of compassion. And he's meeting a lot of opposition within the church for that. Those who insist that God laid down these laws and what's important to God is we obey those laws. And of course, there is a place for laws, but not uh, the place that we gave it in the, uh, in the past. Uh, so I, I'm very encouraged by Pope Francis. I think the, the God of compassion is the only God that people are going to. Uh, to, to come to listen to the only God that people want to know about. They're not interested in knowing about a God who lays down laws. And finally, Peter, you've written those 30 articles. You know, they're the ones that are most relevant. 
things are worse in ways, as you've said. Um, what gives you hope and what keeps you going? Do you, are you still hopeful? I'm still hopeful, but it's a long-term hope. I mean, when I started, the problem we dealt with was homeless children who had left their home, family home because of violence or abuse. Uh, and then nobody wanted to know. Nobody in authority wanted to know. When we opened our first hostel, I was told, we don't agree with this. We don't see the point for the, of this. We are not going to support this. Today, things for homeless children who have left their home are infinitely better. Not perfect, but hugely better. And it's that sort of time frame that, uh, that I, I look to. I would be hoping that maybe in 10 or 15 years' time, we would look back at 2019 and say, you left people sleeping on the street? How could you possibly have done that? That's, that's absolutely outrageous. So I would hope that we would move towards a, a situation where we respect the dignity and make that dignity a reality in the lives of people. Well, we wish you all the best with your work and also with your book, which is um, Peter McVeary, A Dose of Reality, published by the Redemptorists. Do you know the cost? I think it's a tenner, as far as I know. I got a couple of copies free, so I'm not sure. <laughs> all the best for Christmas. Thank you.